so podcasting remotely can be challenging. And getting started can be daunting, but it doesn't have to be. Zencaster's all-in-one web-based solution makes the process quick and painless, the way it should be. And we've been using Zencaster basically from the beginning of this podcast. And if you know us, you know we're obsessed with quality, and Zencaster provides crystal clear sound and gorgeous HD video. Not to mention it's easy to use, which is a huge bonus for our guests. There's nothing to download, nothing complicated. They just click on the link and we all start recording. Zencaster is all about making your podcasting experience easy, and with everything from local recording to automatic post-production tools, you don't have to leave your browser to get the episode done. And we want you to have the same easy experience that we do for all of your podcasting and content needs. So if you go to zen.ai slash glee on the rocks and enter the promo code glee on the rocks, you'll get 30% off of your first three months using Zencaster. That's Z-E-N dot A-I slash glee on the rocks. And it's time for you to share your story. I was wondering if any in the, anyone in the audience is like, is Teen Angel okay? He's not. I think they all can tell he's not. You're listening to Glee on the Rocks. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Glee on the Rocks. I am Emily. I'm Mandy. And I'm B. Um, well, this is Gleese, which is in the running for the worst title the show produces in six seasons. Yeah, it was really unnecessary. It was. It's bad. Um, this is season four, episode six, um, which is really season four, episode five, part two. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, the episode before this does not exist without this one. They they go together. Thank you. I like that. That's a good reference. Thank you. I was hoping someone would finish that. I didn't want to be hanging there. Um, I also didn't want to sing it myself. Um, really no, quick. I'm always Grease, <laughs> Grease is the word at McKinley. Rachel and Kurt pay a visit to Lima as the Glee Club launches its production of Grease. Meanwhile, Santana returns to lend a helping hand. So uh, that makes sense. That's not yeah. even an important part of the storyline. Not really. Sort of. No, no, not really. But it it happens. Yeah. No mention it, of Marley. She's like no. half the episode. Mm-mm. Wow. No, that's the surprise inside. <laughs> it's diet culture, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. Guys. Yeah. There's a Grease musical that happens in this episode, but really, Fat Phobia is the name of the game. Exactly. It is literally the plot. Uh huh. Like, big old trigger warning for anyone and everyone, because holy shit. Yeah, I I think I genuinely blocked it from my memory, because I didn't remember any of that. And I wish I still didn't. All I remembered was the costume thing, and Mm -hmm. the rest of it was just, like, it was worse than I, it was so much worse than I thought it was. Even the parts where you can tell they thought they were handling it gently were actually horrible. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, if you don't feel bad about yourself after this episode, congratulations. Yeah. It's not good. Um, we do, we start out with Mr. Shu telling the Glee Club that he is leaving for Washington, D.C. at the end of the week. So these kids that he has nurtured, wrapped at, and taken <laughs> care of for an unknown number of years, he's just going to peace out 
in a couple of days. I mean, for some of them, one of my favorite lines of the show was unique, like leaning <laughs> over and whispering. It's not like we know him that well or anything. I know. I did like that. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> some of these kids really just met this dude and like everyone yeah. else is, you know, about to weep because he's leaving. Yeah. They're like, oh, oh the do. shitty Spanish teacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? I also like the reveal that he's coming back after sections. Yeah. <gasps> it's, it's not even that long. Mm-hmm. But he mm-hmm. is leaving them hanging for sectionals, which is kind of funny. Yep. Turns out, though, the Glee Club does not need a certified teacher because it's not a real class. So um, Finn yeah, answers the age-old debate, um, whether it's a class or an after-school activity. Yeah. That's right. It's an after-school activity, which I think we knew as adults. It's, it's not yeah. a class. Listen, when I took choir, it was a class. It like a class sometimes. Yeah. It was an it was yeah. an extracurricular, but it was a class. Yeah, it was on yeah. the schedule. Yeah, so so Finn's um, Finn's gonna take over. Which I mean, that's a storyline that I actually kind of like. Is Finn? I mean, we are, we talked about this in the last episode where um, any other job that Finn could have gotten in life of like a trade or working at the at Bert Hummel Tire and Lube is like shit on as yeah not good enough but in the world of glee taking over the glee club you know kind of makes sense for him mm-hmm. in a position of leadership he was always considered the leader the male lead of the glee club like it keeps the actor involved in the show um in a way that makes sense even though it does still portray other jobs as like not good enough i mean i really do like the storyline for finn like does it 100 percent make logical sense no but nothing ever does in glee so that doesn't really hurt my feelings but i do feel like it is like they've set up this he's directionless he's failed you know for lack of a better word at being in the army he's failed at keeping his relationship with Rachel those are all harsh things to say there's more nuance than that but you know he's like kind of at a low point um probably the lowest point he's been at and he's able to find go back to what he's passionate about which was glee club and like Mm -hmm. find some meaning and some feel like he's good at something like and obviously spoiler for the next few episodes he's not good immediately (laughs) he definitely has to grow into it but uh spoiler ultimately does a really good job like um with leading the glee club this semester this season he should have yeah he should have tried rapping yeah you know that's the secret (laughs) but i mean it's kind of crazy to think he's supposed to be like what 19 Mm -hmm. these kids are like one year younger than him like that's tough that is tough yeah so um so you know kind of the the big piece of this episode is the Grease musical which they have been rehearsing for for a week I guess clearly yeah <laughs> um and now they are doing costume fittings and poor Marley uh her costume is somehow too small and that is because Kitty has been altering her outfits uh somehow yeah um Kitty is just straight up calling Marley fat to her face and absolutely nobody says anything about it. Like nobody stands up in, in this glee club of people who are constantly shit on for being quote unquote different. Like 
there's nobody to say, hey, uh, cheerleader, shut up. That's yeah. not nice. Let's maybe not bully our friend and um, back the fuck off. It's also just another example, just like the last episode was full of so many harsh things. Yeah. Like, for some reason, Glee in this period just feels mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these like, insults are mean. They're, yeah. they're like, brutal. And the, so much about the last episode was, too. Yeah. I, it, it's hard to enjoy the things that I know on first watch I enjoyed about it. Mm-hmm, um, right. Like, this, you know particular set of episodes because i'm so distracted by like why didn't i remember how awful they were Mm -hmm. and and kitty like i don't remember exactly what happens with kitty she stays around for a really long time but i feel like they're trying to Mm -hmm. recapture like the magic of santana and naya's portrayal of her Mm -hmm. and it's like "Mm, kitty to my knowledge doesn't even have a good reason for being mean like being a closeted lesbian is not a great reason for being mean but it's at least a reason and i feel like kitty doesn't even have that like she's just super cool what because she's jealous of marley like that's not a good enough reason i'm sorry she's a straight up monster and i didn't even think about that emily until you pointed it out but like yeah no one tells kitty to fuck off they just like tell marley like don't listen to her you're great marley like no how about you tell kitty to shut the fuck up I don't get it. And they've been through years of people around the school throwing slushies at them and yeah. calling them names and telling them they suck to just stand there while a new person does the same to someone who's now part of their group. You're not you're not going to help her. You're not going to at least stand up for her. Nothing. Because Marley stands up for other people to Kitty. Yes. Like she was like, I'm yeah. not going to go to the sleepover unless Unique is invited. Immediately after she gets harassed to her face she's like i'm not gonna go unless unique is invited knowing that kitty doesn't want to invite unique yeah for transphobic reasons like what a star yeah i I love marley so much yeah i just want to apologize to marley for 10 years ago for not paying attention to you the first time (laughs) i really didn't but it's just that clayne was there yeah and they were hurting and you were in the way but now, I was hurting, they were hurting, but now, now we appreciate you. And I'm very sorry that Kitty is such an asshole. I think this was the reason I really disliked these newbies. It wasn't like them per se. It was just like the storylines were just Garbage. brutal and had yeah. like lost their nuance. Mm-hmm. Um, not that Glee had a lot of nuance before, but it felt like it really had none now you're right though it is like taking the worst pieces of santana and the worst pieces of sue Mm -hmm. and just mashing them into someone with a cheerleader's outfit like what even are you what is your what is your purpose here like there wasn't humor to yeah yeah well, I think about, like, the the storyline of, like, um, Rachel's nose and her, like, mm-hmm. thinking about, like, getting a nose job to look like Quinn, right? How that storyline was approached and handled versus this one mm-hmm. is crazy to me. Yeah. Because I can see Marley being concerned about gaining weight in her future because of her mom. That's a storyline that you can approach without having another girl just spend 42 minutes calling you a walking tub of lard like yeah just like the worst insults imaginable the worst yes 
Because with the nose thing, it was like, it was given consideration. It mm-hmm. was looked at from all angles. It was like, this, it could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing. Like, um, and I think the same thing approach could have been made for like concerns about weight, like image and weight is a big issue, um, for performers. Like it, it there is one yeah. body type that you tend to see. And I mean, even look at Glee, like there mm-hmm. are tiny people and plus size people there's really not many people in between Mm -hmm. um because that's how hollywood is and i feel like that could have been something approached in a more sensitive way if they really wanted to talk about it but i feel like it was just a plus size person well i was thinking of like mercedes lauren um unique Mm. oh that's true well lauren's Um, gone yeah um just thinking of the characters that have been Mm -hmm. plus size right like but everybody else is like very thin So, um, it's not a good conversation for them to have approached in the first place, but like to, to literally make it like, it wasn't supposed to be funny. Like was all that stuff supposed to be funny? Like, that's what really gets me. I'm like, this is like just straight up terrible, but is it, was it this terrible at the time? I feel like it was, I feel like I did not laugh at any of this. I can't imagine that I laughed at, like, I do think like. Like Emily said, I was far too distracted with Kurt and Blaine to pay much attention to the storylines, but I don't, I cannot imagine I found it funny. It's, I mean, it's a very realistic teenage girl worry Mm -hmm. to worry about gaining weight, but the way, like, even the way they had Marley's mom respond to it Mm -hmm. was very much just like with the assumption that if Marley gained weight, it would be the worst thing ever. Yeah. Or like, we need to avoid this. I know that made me so sad that her mom's reaction was like, okay, well, we'll go on a diet. Like, oh no. (laughs) It made me want to sit down and make these people listen to like, Aubrey and the maintenance phase podcast. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. yep. like, yeah. yourself. Because, you know, they went, she's, you know, I didn't raise a victim or quitter. I raised yeah. a star. And she was like yeah. talking about um, going on this diet together. It's like, but you don't have control over your body. Like, that's the thing you don't yeah. control. Yeah. Like, fuck. Now it's, you know, and, and we know having seen the season already in the past what marley is gonna go through and it's like you're just gonna make it so much worse and it's terrible and it's actually what women go through and i just don't i know that glee is not prepared to handle something as sensitive as eating disorders when what most of the writing staff are men like and this is such the way that glee handles shit like this we're talking about a super serious thing like Get, wanting to get a nose job to, to me is not on the same level as like developing an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Like these are two like completely different, like eating disorder is tied to your mental health. Like this mm-hmm. is not the same thing. Like societal beauty pressures go into it. Sure. But like to the, to the point of like bulimia is, mm-hmm. is, is crossing into something mm-hmm. different. And I feel like this is so glee to approach it in this way where it's like, it's a one-off in one episode. It's never going to be brought up again. Um, uh, It's going to be like smoothed over like her and Kitty become friends eventually, not yeah. that far from now. Um, And it's going to be attributed to something that makes absolutely no sense. Like it's just going to be Kitty being like, well, you know, I thought it was what was best. Mm-hmm. Like just something and nobody's going to have any consequences and we're never going to talk about it again. Like that's, 
upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, a ca- just casually another girl teaching someone how to throw up in the bathroom. No big. Like, bah, yeah. no. <laughs> Let's think about Kitty's mental health that she thinks she can go around causing eating disorders in other women and girls. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to, like, act she, like it's normal. She goes smoothly from blatantly transphobic yes. to, like, giving someone an eating disorder. Yeah. And back again. Like, yeah. just back and forth. It's crazy because, like, it's extra disappointing because sometimes Kitty is genuinely funny. And I think Becca mm-hmm. Tobin is a really good addition to the cast. Mm. Like, the, 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 mm, I wrote down the lines. When, right before Sandra D, which I think is hilarious, by the way, I love Grease. Um, she said, um, this is my award for most tongue spoken at Bible camp or something. And then she's like, that's a picture of my horse. I rode him for six years until he broke my hymen. Those are legit <laughs> funny, like lines that play into her typecast as, or whatever her character is like super religious, you know, like mm-hmm. those are genuinely funny and don't hurt anyone else. Like, mm-hmm. why couldn't we have more jokes like that? about like who kitty was and where she was coming from i don't know because the cheap shot at an eating disorder is better right it's just another very special episode where we talk about why it's not good to have an eating disorder yeah like we needed that yeah in case you didn't know yeah that's really how it reads it's like glee needs to be the one to deliver this to the masses it's not good to make yourself throw up wow yeah but they don't even like portray that message super well, honestly, because just like y'all pointed out, like Marley's mom being like, okay, we'll go on a diet mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. In case it wasn't clear, um, an eating disorder requires professional help. Yeah. Like, so she should get that. And so should Kitty for causing it. Yeah. But the, the gross like normalization of all of this is all attributed to diet culture, which like, women our age especially grew up in all of that so badly like I'm thinking about like Mm -hmm. the low fat craze of the Mm -hmm. 90s Weight Watchers like all of that stuff and like all that stuff is still there but I think it's becoming it's better now but like I I can't even count how many diets I was put on as a kid and things like that Mm -hmm. Um, so I think this kind of stuff would not stand nowadays I would hope Um, I would hope yeah. Or it would at least get a, a lot of think pieces written about it from yeah, yeah. Vulture and, yeah. you know, but I feel like That's BuzzFeed why this episode and... doesn't really hit what it's trying to hit because it's like, yes, it's not good to give someone else an eating disorder, but that whole diet culture thing of like, of course you want to lose weight. Of course you are worried about gaining weight. Like, mm-hmm. just it falls completely flat because it's like... Yeah not a modern take on that for sure and i don't know how i felt about it at the time probably like that was normal probably like that's how i was raised and that's how the mindset i was still in so i feel lucky that there's a lot of people intentionally breaking down those like Mm -hmm. thought patterns and stuff today definitely but i'm I'm glad we talked about that first because i genuinely do love grease the musical as like someone who loved musicals but grew up in a small town with no theater access Mm-hmm. Grease, the movie was played a million times at my house like and I watched it way too young it was way too mature for me but I genuinely love the movie and the visuals and I thought this was a really good homage to like that part of mm-hmm. musical history fandom whatever they, they, they do 
seem to do a better job at Greece than they do Rocky Horror. Yeah, they definitely yeah. do. The production value. Though the lyric changes. Oh, um, God. <laughs> and I know that's like something they just had to do like yeah. the network was not gonna let them use original lyrics but it still cracks me up no. every time i listen to it Ugh, the lyric yeah. changes are that's a real honey wagon oh <laughs> 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 Ugh, they're terrible yeah yeah it's bad it's not good news um so yeah so um well they have their they have their, oh, their sleepover comes later doesn't it but they so the boys um have to rehearse. So Finn gathers up the uh, the boys to rehearse Grease Lightning. Um, Sue has, um, well, she's she's pissed at Finn. So she has reserved the auditorium for the Cheerios for two weeks. So I guess that's the amount of time that they have to rehearse for, for Grease. Um, <laughs> so they have to go rehearse at the tire shop. Um, convenient that for a musical with cars, there is a tire shop location that they can use. Thank goodness. Um, that just works so perfectly. Bert um, Hummel continues to save the day. He does. That's right. Uh, Always. Um, I don't know. It's a fun number. Go and you're burning up the quarter. Grease Lightning is always a fun number, regardless of who is in it. Um, So, you know, it's fun how it transforms from the the basic number into the fleshed out number the way Glee always does. Just like in the Um, movie, too, which I thought was cute. Yeah, Yeah, it's a nice nice homage. That one's like, Um, I'm all the sequences in this episode are but that one i think was the one that was like "Ooh, they're doing it like this is right up we are reenacting the movie i love it the white background they got the hair and the shirt sleeves the leather jackets Um, the leather jackets even the car looks the same like it's that shiny red yep yep um now finn does have to deal with wade's parents in this Mm -hmm. episode who um i don't know it was like a weird they're cool with with wade being unique at home but they don't want wade in the play performing as unique as rizzo or being unique at school at all at all yeah yeah which yeah she had been unique at (laughs) school before not every day but Mm -hmm. most days yeah at least as far as we can tell, yeah. So suddenly they have a problem with that, um, maybe just for the show. Um, so they want to pull Wade out of the musical, um, which sucks. Seasons four handling of Unique, we've talked about several times and we're going to keep talking about it. But I think what most bothered me about that was like, if it had just been like, Figgins was like someone wrote to me and they're pissed that we have a transgender student which they'd never use that word but um mm-hmm. you know a cross-dressing student in the play like something like that I feel like it would have pissed me off but what I been I would have been like sure it's small town Ohio like of course they would react like that one person complains and they're gonna pull it down okay but I think it made me more mad that they like over rationalized it like Wade's parents were like too cool 
mm-hmm. they were like, we're in Ohio. If we were in Chicago, it'd be different. Yeah. Um, and you can still be unique at home and we totally accept you. And it's like, that's not total acceptance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If your kid is like, I want to portray this way in this scenario, regardless of the consequences, because it's important to me. And you tell them like, no, you can't do that. Like, understand you're concerned about their safety, but if they're willing to take that risk because that's what they need to do for themselves, like who are you to say that they can't? That's the same shit that like I've heard over and over from people. It's like, you can be gay, but like, just don't tell anybody or like yeah. show anybody yeah. or kiss someone in public. Like it's the same shit. It's just transphobia def- in a different package. Yeah. You can definitely be yourself at home locked in your room. <laughs> yeah. Like that's the vibe. <laughs> that's really safe alone. Hiding where no one can see you and the show portrays that as like a good thing yeah like it was like oh that's the best outcome we could have hoped for basically Mm -hmm. um where it's like you can't be mad at wade's parents because they're just trying to protect him and it's like that's shit oh yeah 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 we can watch (laughs) yeah we can (laughs) watch me i am in fact but yeah, I know. I do agree. I feel like the writers of the show thought that they were having like a gotcha moment. Like, oh, look, we're we found a way that it's still supportive to tell this storyline. I'm like, eh, nah, <laughs> nah, yeah. nah, nah, <laughs> not enough, not enough, friend. Um, but I'm also judging the writers really harshly, again, based on how much I disliked all of the, like, ableism and mm-hmm. uh, transphobia and mm-hmm. everything in the last episode, too. Because it all kind of just, like, meshes together in my head, these two episodes. Yeah, there was just a lot of gross happening in these a last couple of episodes. Yeah. I don't know if someone needed to get it out of their system or if no one did a copy edit if this just didn't go through a writer's room and if it was just one dude alone at a desk, I don't know what happened here. It's like they went back to season one and we're like, remember all that shit we didn't get to say six years ago? We're going to say it now. Someone needed their Blaine Anderson juice box. (laughs) Yep. Yep. They were so mad about the breakup that, uh, (laughs) that was it. They were like, we're going to throw, we're going to throw some slurs in here. Going to sabotage gonna, the episode. It's just unnecessary. Like, what what plot are we feeding by like, uh, giving people eating disorders that they'll just get over and not... It won't carry through. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, what we do get out of this is uh, Santana coming back to yes. fill the ro- role of Rizzo. I mean, I, justice for Tina, for one thing. Let's, let's hashtag that. So yeah, mean. That was Jesus. so mean. But um, I do love having Santana back. So it's like, okay. I, I feel like Jenna could have killed it. And I do kind of wish that they had given Jenna a I song. Like, I like how they <laughs> justify it at the end. Like, no, you were really good, Jan. Like, okay, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> what would we yeah. do without Jan? Uh, it would be the same show. <laughs> She's got like two lines that are not replaceable. Yeah. Someone wouldn't wiggle their glasses up and down in the background. It'd be fine. (laughs) Poor Tina. She's like, Uh, you know, instead of giving you the role, we brought someone back who doesn't even go to the school anymore. 
Which, is that a thing they could really do? I don't like, know. It can't be. <laughs> of, of all of the various bits of glee, like suspension of disbelief, that's not one that's going to super bother me, but it did, I didn't notice it. I'm like, really? Would they, would they not just like cast someone else who auditioned and didn't get a role? It's like, once again, they act like there's no theater kids at this school. Yeah. Like, you're telling me the whole theater kid group is also the Glee kid group? I just don't believe it. Because in my high school, there was no crossover. Those were two completely mm. separate groups of people. Because they both take so much time and energy. Like mm-hmm. You would not rehearse this musical for a week. It would be like a whole semester's worth of work. Just like preparing for sectionals and regionals would be a full semester worth of work. But, you know, Glee loves any good excuse to, you know, yeah. do a tribute episode. So they do. I get they it. really do. And I guess and they had the rights to all this music. So, yeah, I'm going to use it. Um, so we do. I think we need to go. We take a step back to New York before we, we do the musical. Yes. Oh, yes. well, we do have the sleepover before we go to New York. Um, well, I was going to say, I love the way that they use – the plot line is bullshit. Like, we we all agree on this. Like, the whole eating disorder plot line really sucks, and I don't think they needed to go that far to make the songs all kind of fit the plot. Mm-hmm. Like, Kitty could have just been pissed that she didn't get the lead. She already was. But anyway, I loved the Sandra D. Like, it was just so cute. I love mm-hmm. any time that they really get to, like, play and – be silly and i really thought they were having the time of their fucking lives mm-hmm. at the sleepover scene it was cute other other than it was cute other than again no one being like hey are you making fun of marley <laughs> no i mean and i mean that's what happens in greece too you know like yeah. they're straight up making fun of sandy even though she's like yeah. in the next room so and as far as like it being you know you're right it was mean but it's also yeah. mean in greece <laughs> It is. Yeah, Yeah, it would have been like normal high school bitchy girl mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. just to be like, oh, Kitty's gonna make fun of Marley while she's out of the room. Yep. But also, like, Kitty really didn't. Now that I'm saying this, Kitty didn't have much leeway to like make fun because the whole thing is like Rizzo makes fun of her for being like a virgin, basically, Mm -hmm. and it's like, isn't Kitty's whole thing that she's also a virgin? Like, she's like, I'm so pure and holy, so super (laughs) religious. Yeah. I think she's lying. <laughs> Who knows what Kitty's all about? Well, you know what? Oh, I really just love anything where sugar gets to shine. So maybe that's why I like it so yes. much. Yes. <laughs> it's so cute. Oh, sugar. Yep. I know. Um. So yes. Okay. So we can we can uh, take a pause on Greece. Go back to New York and Niada. Um. Who we we missed last week. Um. Rachel has gotten an off-Broadway play audition. She says off-Broadway, and given that it's Ivan Von Hove, I'm assuming it's not off-off-Broadway, um, but it's an avant-garde glass menagerie, <laughs> which I guess. Um, Cassandra has overheard this and tells her that she is not ready for Ivan. Um, Brody is stoked for her. Uh, Cassandra catches this and then offers a TA spot to Brody that's going to take up all of his extra time which is absolutely to keep Brody from hanging out with Rachel Mm -hmm. Uh, thus begins that weird little side plot 
But also yeah. when Cassie comes up to her and, you know, tries to give her advice meanly, but she is trying to give her advice. Yeah. Rachel's like, maybe you should audition and get back in the game. So like yeah. Rachel is really the one who stepped over the line, I think. She really did. Scenario. Like Cassie was terrible, mm-hmm. but that's her whole MO. Like that's her she's terrible. Yeah. And Rachel has already gotten on the wrong foot with Cassandra in the first place by like talking back to her. Yeah. What? I mean, other than Rachel is kind of an, an idiot who does not know how to talk to authority figures, but like just shut up and take the sass and walk away. You don't yeah. need to back talk. Like, you don't need to, you don't need to say anything. Just take it and leave. I blame Shu for that because <laughs> yeah. he, he would just literally give never treated her like an A actual kid. student. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. Like, I mean, I know Kate Hudson looks like she's still 22 and that's not right. But <laughs> Cassandra is supposed to be, I don't even know how old, but like she's your teacher. Yeah. And like a professor. You don't get to be like, you should also audition. Like mm, she'll no. do what she wants. She's your fucking professor. Like Cassie's inappropriate, but you know what you do? You go yeah. to fucking HR or like yes. talk to the dean. Like you don't, you don't yeah. talk back to her. Like, no. That's not sorry. Doesn't work we like could, that. We could go audition together. Like, or I could just fail you out of this class. Um so <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Some indeterminate amount of time later, uh Kurt shows up in his athleisure wear. Ooh, to... he was looking good. He was. He actually was was. Great this episode. Was like, oh. It was uh it was fly. The episode that launched a thousand gifts for sure. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I was thinking about that to help Rachel uh, stretch. Um, he has been getting updates from Tina about Greece and he wants to, to go back to Lima to see the show and Rachel doesn't. Uh, he is 100% not over Blaine mm-hmm. and wants to see him. He says he's living off of Ambien in the notebook. I know. So that made me emo. That was real sad. Uh, Rachel is not so sure, does not want to see Finn, which is legit. I can see that. Yeah. She's feeling some feels about that. I mean, it's pretty, that was two episodes ago. I don't know how many weeks it's supposed to be, but that's like, even if there was a month between episodes, six weeks, like, yeah, it's a little raw. Yeah. Yeah. To have ended the way it did. Yeah. Um, Again, Cassandra, who appears out of nowhere, has offered up her JetBlue frequent flyer miles since she is banned from JetBlue, which I absolutely love, to uh, to help get them to uh, Lima. I don't know why the congressman can't just fly them, but what do I know? Yeah, really. Like, Kurt should probably not be having as many money issues unless Bert is one of those, like, you have to make your own way types. I think he... Probably. Which would be hilarious considering Bert is the one that sent Kurt to New York. Like, yeah. yeah, that's true. With no job and no yeah. school. I know. Yeah. Just to do it. Nowhere to live. <laughs> just, just a duffel bag. Get the fuck out of here, kid. Um, so obviously they, they do go back to Lima to see the show. But really to see their lost paramours. Um, Blaine sees Kurt backstage right before the show. And definitely looks like he's going to burst into tears right then and there. Um, thoughts on that moment? The like, oh my gosh. Pain. Pain. Just, Blaine, just straight pain. pain. Blaine has like one line, but his eyes are just 
yeah. full of tears and he's, just he's like say so much. Puppy dog, yes. like kicked puppy the yeah. entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely loved the the cut from him looking like he's gonna cry right into beauty school dropout. Yeah, where he's crying through the entire thing. <laughs> just yeah. like beauty school dropout. No graduation day for you, beauty school dropout. Missed your midterms and flunked shampoo. Well, at least you could have taken time to wash and clean your clothes up after spending all that dough to have the doctor fix your nose up. I was wondering if any in the, anyone in the audience is like, is Teen Angel okay? He's not. I think they all can tell he's not. Yikes. Well, he told them. He told them that he wouldn't be able to play no. a lead. No, he gave them he gave them fair yeah. warning. Um but yeah. So we we do get some some meetups between um Blaine and Kurt and Santana and Britt and uh the teams and um Finn and Rachel. And briefly, Mike and Tina as well. Oh yeah, that was that was a nice scene. Yeah, that was nice. A little bit of closure because, like before, yeah. it was just kind of like offhandedly mentioned that they broke up. Mm-hmm. How fucking mature though! Like um, Mike and Tina and like Brittany and Santana are both just like, wow, it's good mm-hmm. to see you. I don't want to get back yep. together. We're still friends. And I'm just like, I would have not been that mature at like 18, 19 years old. So good for them. Maybe the writers ran out of pages. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's all just a lead up to the to the you're the one that I want fantasy sequence, which was pure fan service. It was <laughs> so cute, though. Kurt out in the audience picturing himself on stage with Blaine and the little leather Doing jackets. Little, shimmy. <laughs> little shimmies. Oh, so I loved cute. it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, it. oh, we'll have all these couples talk to each other at least, so that when yeah. they show up in the fantasy sequence, people get it. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a moment of like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, no. Why are the older people on stage all of a sudden? You know, I feel like they didn't. Maybe they didn't quite do enough to make sure that it read as a fantasy, except for them watching themselves. I feel like they yeah. kind of like blurred it out a little bit or something. I don't know. It's a little jarring. It is. It was jarring when. Is it Rachel who steps out first or something? Like, did she just push herself on stage? Because I can see her doing that. (laughs) She's just like locked Marley into the bathroom and is like, it's my turn now. I can I can see that happening. Um we did skip over there are worse things I could do. It does we do have another fantasy sequence here. Mm -hmm. Um, because it is Santana on stage as Rizzo alone. But we get unique in the audience um singing. But we also cut to Niata with Cassandra dancing with Brody. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Which is where I feel Yay. like the, the context of there are worse things I could do is lost a little bit. Because I can't think of many more worse things you could do. <laughs> <laughs> Knowingly sleep with your enemy's boyfriend mm-hmm. just to hurt her. That's that's pretty fucking low. She did go with a boy or two. Yeah. Who's also her student right isn't he still or no he's her ta TA, which i think is worse yeah it's probably worse that's like your employee yeah 
That's probably an actionable offense at that school. Or not. We don't know what the rules for Niata are. It you have seems to like, like there aren't many. Yeah. You have to sing for your spot twice a year. Yeah. And maybe you have to duel. I don't know. <laughs> Potentially you have to fight Carmen Thibodeau at the end of the year. I'm not sure. But yeah, it's uh it's rough. So um at the end of these these uh flashbacks, Rachel calls Brody, but Cassandra answers the phone. Oh. And it's just fucking evil like she's just mean again it's not funny it's just mean. yeah it's not funny yeah which you know this is a dramedy Uh, maybe i guess sometimes it's a tone switch it is a tone switch tried Mm -hmm. to do for so long and Mm -hmm. maybe they get back to it i i genuinely don't remember like i think that sue in these episodes is genuinely angry and i think jane lynch was playing it realistic considering what Finn mm-hmm. said to her. Yeah. Like about her child. I think the anger makes sense. It's yeah. just and, and like that kind of tone sort of like feels like it's spread over all the other characters that mm-hmm. are trying to be like mean instead of funny. Yeah. Well Finn's apology makes less sense of them. Finn's apology is also terrible. So yeah. <laughs> I understand. But no, that's a good point. It's like She's got righteous anger and everybody else is just inconvenienced <laughs> or like yeah. bitter. Like it's not actually a reason to be upset like they are to hurt somebody like that. Yeah. Cassandra's just being spiteful. Yeah. To a student. I mean, mm-hmm. to a first year student. I like Kate Hudson and I find Cassandra's character amusing most of the time. Yep. And I don't enjoy being in a position to defend Rachel Berry. <laughs> But but she is an adult being needlessly cruel to an 18 or 19 year old Mm -hmm. girl. Yep. Who is in her, I mean, she's not in her care. She's not, she's a student, you know, she's in. She is like under her tutelage. Yeah. I just hate, I think I really hate most of all that this is Rachel's main conflict and main storyline through this whole Mm -hmm. season because i think i would have rather seen anything else but this i'm not gonna lie like i feel like there's so many more interesting storylines they could have come up with she's at fucking you know musical theater mecca like there's gotta be cooler things to talk about than just seeing her class over and over I really would have enjoyed a storyline and this is just getting into pure fantasy, but where Rachel just sucked at something, something oh, yeah. that like yeah. in high school, she never had to do. Like, yeah. That would like, have been such a nice character development moment to have her genuinely be bad at something and not handle it well. Yeah. Cause there were multiple scenes where like, she was kind of not good at acting. I'm thinking mm-hmm. of, like, the Romeo and Juliet thing. Like, they mm-hmm. could have leaned into that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, because like, um, West Side Story is a musical, so maybe the storyline would be, like, if she's not singing, she can't really con- convey emotions as well. Yeah. So she has to, like, do a play, and she's, like, not good at it. I would love that. That would be really cool. And way funnier. I would love to see Leah, like, pretending to be a bad actress. Like, that's so funny. Yeah. yeah. Way better than just verbal abuse every episode. Yeah. Well, especially because, you know, musicals, 
there's there's acting in between that's not just singing right there's straight acting in there you they're not always just singing you know blaine and blaine and kurt have to meet at the end of the episode here um down the long mckinley hallway where once they made out in front of lockers now they must gaze upon each other in trauma um bleak blaine (laughs) bleak (laughs) blaine wants to talk to kurt and kurt tells him to go fuck himself which is crazy because kurt wanted to talk to him i know well this is i think again writing to write and not writing for character this is i think that moment was to get to the second moment of kurt saying that relationships are about trust and he doesn't trust blaine anymore like i think the writers just wanted to say that line Mm -hmm. and not have it really make any sense about their characters because as we saw previously he was like oh i just really want to talk about how the what you know he had that whole thing about wanting to talk to Blaine, and now he's he like, said, "I need I don't want to, to see him. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm uh-huh. dying without mm-hmm. seeing him. I haven't talked to him since yeah. it happened." But this is the second time that the writers fucked us over about a clean conversation about the breakup. Because in I the know. breakup episode, Kurt is sitting up waiting for Blaine to wake up, and it's yeah. Finn. And then mm-hmm. they never have said conversation where supposedly Kurt was waiting for Blaine to wake up and talk to him. Because now he's saying he hasn't seen him since or talked to him since. So they didn't talk then. They haven't talked since. And now Blaine's ready to talk or say something. And Kurt's just like, I don't want to fucking hear it. I know. The writers were so mean to us. Do you think they... Do you think they forget that they wanted to have these conversations or uh started it and then realized that the words would have to come out of chris and darren's mouths and that their (laughs) eye and their facial expressions would be like too much that's my tin hat story because it's uh why set us up for it twice now and then Mm -hmm. rip it away and i can okay if you want to rationalize it it could be like okay kurt thought he wanted to talk and then when he was faced with it he couldn't do it which kind of makes sense i guess that's a little realistic yeah yeah but he doesn't say that to Blaine. Like, he doesn't say, like, right. I came here because I wanted to talk and now I've realized mm-hmm. that X, Y, Z. No, he just, mm-hmm. like, watches Blaine sing, is emo about it, pictures them on stage together, and then in the hallway is like, I don't trust you anymore. And it's like, I just don't see how A leads to B leads to C. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just yep. feels a little, a little it mean. It doesn't. All these little it feels a little pointed just to be mean to Clay Shipper. That's how it felt, and it still feels that and way. It does, and it also feels like what happens when you have several writers working on episodes separately. Yeah, like maybe they weren't talking to each other. Like, yeah. yeah, like we're, not, we're watching we're, each other's episodes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like we're, we're we're definitely gonna have them talk, and they're like, John, did you write that uh, episode where they talk? No, I thought I thought Dave was gonna do it. <laughs> Timmy, did you write that episode where they're gonna talk? Oh fuck. Yeah, I just, you know, it's a consistent problem with Glee that Klain does not get the same treatment as the other couples. And I'm sure other shippers of other couples are going to be like, that's not true. You're overanalyzing. And Britannia shippers also get shit on and other Whatever. You can do your... Uh, deep dive into your couples and present us with the math and the minutes of screen time and that's fine but like here are two very clear examples where they're like 
we're going to have a conversation. Like, where's our fucking conversation? It would take mm-hmm. 36 seconds of screen time just to be like, hey, we had a, a breakup. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Every no, we're not going okay. to do that this episode to be like, hey, yeah. yeah, we're broken up, but here's where we're at now. Like they literally explicitly yeah. say it to each other. I'm sad that we're broken yeah. up. Me too. We should still be friends and we can still talk to each other. Yeah, let's do yeah. that. Literally, Clayne can't even do that. It's just like, oh, I'm too hurt. And it's like. <sighs> it also would have been, I feel like, okay to have the conversation like we were saying earlier, have Kurt be like, I came here because I thought I was ready to talk to you, but I'm mm-hmm. not there yet. Yeah. Like this still hurts too much. You know, I'm, I still can't trust you. What, like just a little more exposition on yeah. where they're at. Even if it's just to say, I can't do this yet. And then the Thanksgiving call makes more sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because yep. in the, I don't want to talk about the Thanksgiving call because we're about to get there. But even in that episode, it's it's not set up correctly. Like it still pisses me off. Like just the writing for Clayne was all over the place. And it's sure other couples were getting less screen time, like Britanna, like Tyke, clearly. Um, but at least they weren't fucked up. Like that was the Mm -hmm. main complaint. They just like they couldn't they they gave them no screen time and they couldn't like keep the the thing on the rails. Like it felt like they had no direction. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. And like, why is it? Because it's the gay. Is that why? Are we still? Is it? It a gay felt problem? like a hate crime. It did. It does still feel does. like a hate crime. <laughs> it yeah. feels like a hate crime. Is that the title of the episode? Is Glee feels like a hate crime? <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good one. I feel like you could get shadow banned for that. Yeah, maybe. Wait. So, how does this episode end? Um, it ends with um, Greece. Oh no! It ends with that he doesn't trust Blaine anymore, and then that's like the last scene. I think. I think so. I just. I mean, that's where my brain. I can't remember. That's where my brain cut off. You know what? That's fucking bleak. <laughs> They're so yeah. mean. Yeah. He's really mean to Blaine. Crying and, about. Clay. Yeah. Anyways, that's um that's what I remember it ending with was like I can't trust you anymore. Which like well maybe if you talk to him. Oh, he also says like this isn't home anymore. Yeah. Ooh ouch which like okay your high school really shouldn't be move the fuck on yeah. right that's a natural feeling yeah they you can't move on you expand your boundaries they say it's not home anymore though and then like multiple people come back for multiple different things including they literally Rachel. sing home i guess to say they, they literally come back and do this <laughs> two <home>. episodes later <laughs> these people are embarrassingly attached to their high school no no which I think is a psychological problem they need to work on. But you know what? A lot of people are like that with their colleges, and that's not any better. Mm. No, it's not. And like, I'm sentimental, but not for a fucking building. Um, I just didn't like anybody. Um, favorite? I mean, is there anything else? We got any other topics? Do we want to cover? Um, Sue was still out there fat shaming Finn. That was awesome. Yeah. Um. Just in case we didn't get enough fat shaming in the episode. I think her her diabolical plans to, like, take down the musical were enough. Like, we didn't need the fat phobia. Yeah, Yeah, we really, we didn't at all. Well, no, I get it. Because, like, maintenance phase talks about this. Shout out, uh, maintenance phase. (laughs) The only good podcast. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. Besides ours? No. Um... (laughs) just the only good podcast they talk about this that like fat phobia is one of those last accepted things that you can joke about Mm -hmm. 
Um, and Glee really just hits hard on that in these couple of episodes where it sues comments, which again, she can be biting and funny, but here in these, mm, I don't know, last three or three episodes, four episodes, she's just fucking mean. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just straight up fat shaming. And again, Finn is just a straight sized person. He is a normal normal is not the right word he's a straight sized person average dude yeah like he's um, not super ripped and cut no. muscles and that's fine Mm-mm. he did backpack through georgia so he's he's fine <laughs> with a with a busted up leg from being shot by rachel so he's fine um rachel's the gun in case anyone forgot <laughs> yeah. i had to process that for a minute i was, <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say in case you in case you forgot um God. but yeah it's uh it's all garbage so that still happened um oh, should we say something we all liked <laughs> no we have to get through our favorite songs i was kidding i just seen yeah um mm-hmm. we don't have to get through them we have to do them they're good <laughs> have to get through is super negative. <laughs> maybe this is why we don't get good ratings on apple podcasts <laughs> Listen, we are for a certain kind of audience, and yeah, if you're not that true. audience, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. We're just we're in a therapy session here. This is a safe space, and if you don't like to be in it, that's fine. There are that's plenty fine. of Glee podcasts out there for you to choose from. Yeah, this is where we come to bitch. Yep, this is very true. And work through our emotions. <laughs> we have a lot of feelings. Okay, I do. Yeah. I've I didn't expect this episode to like get me like it did, but I really yeah. was like feeling some type of way feeling those feels uh favorite song beauty school dropout mm. hitting that blaine hitting those white pants yeah. nothing but hurt in my heart but it's still my favorite one um i liked you're the one that i want Okay. It's fun. I had a lot of fun there. I love a gratuitous fantasy sequence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to take this opportunity to highlight a song that we didn't get to mention. I was looking back at my notes and remembered it. Um, the Sandra D reprise. Um, oh yeah. That Marley sings uh, in the bathroom. I think it was uh-huh. a great use of that song in those lyrics. In a big improvement mm-hmm. in the Grease movie, she's singing that just to be like, oh, I need to sex it up. That's how it's going to solve mm-hmm. all my problems. But I feel like in the show, in, in Glee, like her being like, you know what you got to do, hold your head high, take a deep breath and sigh. Like it really was like her like pulling herself back together and like remembering mm-hmm. her worth as a person of who she actually is, not who other people want her to be, um, which I think makes a lot more sense for the lyrics in the first place. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So I loved all the songs. I love Grease. I love how they stage them all. Um, but I just think that was like an actual improvement over the original context of the song, which I thought was cool. Excellent. Someone put some thought and care into that. Love that. Yeah. Um, how's our Kevin McScale? He was barely in it. I know. For being the director of the show, he yeah. was just kind of. I know. He, he had like a even- line. Uh, he wasn't even involved in any of the unique 
slash Wade stuff, even though yeah. he was a co-director of the show. Yeah. Is that a 1.5? Yeah. I mean, he had some lines, just not much. Okay. How's that pain, Dex? Pretty bad. Pretty bad? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, like, an 8 is what it felt like to me. Yeah. I'm going to say Darren's expressions alone. Yeah. Put it at 8. I don't know. They had a direct conversation that went really bad and was only pain. Like, I'm thinking higher than an eight. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Eight and a half. Like, at least we know the next storyline with them, like, has a hopeful direction. There ain't no hope mm-hmm. in this episode. It's awful. Yeah. I was going to say a nine. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that Darren did look like he just got slapped in the balls. Literally. Like, he definitely did. His life was falling apart. He shouldn't have uh, hit up that lighthouse. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He would never. Still he his fault. Would but never. <laughs> it's not his fault. It's the lighthouse's fault. Yeah. Damn tempting lighthouse. <laughs> I see. Ugh. All right. Um, any final thoughts? Oh, what's the thing that we like? Positivity. Positivity. Mm. The thing that I like is Sugar playing Frenchie because she was born to play that role. She looks so You're similar correct. to the original actress and she ate up everything she was in. It was the best. You are correct. I feel like they did gle- Grease just for that and mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. happy with that. That's exactly what should have been done. It was fantastic. I liked the Tina and Mike scene. Hmm. It was cute. It was, yeah. I don't know. It just felt like a moment of sweetness in an episode that otherwise just made me either sad or angry. Mm-hmm. So I appreciated that break from other extreme emotions just to go like, aw. Right. Yeah. I like them. Wholesome. Um, I liked Kurt's little like, It's an honor to meet you, Mr. July. And oh, you, you got some abs. Just <laughs> when he sees Cassandra. <laughs> that was good. Because I also feel the same way when I see Kate Hudson. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I, I feel like a, the honorable mention for things I liked is literally just what Chris Colfer looked like. Oh, fair. <laughs> yes. Is, yes. Just, I'm on that train. He looked good. Yep. He is looking real good in this season. Again, shout out to the costume wardrobe. Yes. My hair and makeup people in uh, season four. Also to the extra few inches that I think Chris grew. Yes, <laughs> that too. That too. Puberty. Yeah. All right. So I think we have we have covered Gleese. Um, hopefully, we'll never have to say that again. Um, thank you for listening um, to what actually makes it into this episode, which is not everything. You can catch us on Instagram, TikTok. We're going to try to be better about that. Um, Twitter, etc. Um, if you want to support the pod, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Glee on the Rocks. Um, you will find a ton of extra content like mini episodes um, covering all sorts of things, including um, Glee, things that Glee cast are up to and um, fandom stuff. And other random interests that we have. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, Great. So we will catch you on the next episode. Um, 
get vaccinated and boosted and don't stand close to people still because that's gross. And that is what you missed on Glee's. You've been listening to Glee on the Rocks, a podcast by OTR Productions. A huge thank you to our sound editor, Adriana, and our podcasts who secretly run the show. For more episodes, download us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Podchaser, and more at Glee on the Rocks. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can subscribe to our Patreon account at patreon.com slash Glee on the Rocks. Subscribers get ad-free episodes, exclusive mini-episodes deep diving into the fandom, salty opinions, and so much more. So until next time, that's what you miss on Glee.